0: Hello and welcome to the Meltdown City podcast. I'm Nicole and I'm Allie. This podcast is about getting unstuck out of your comfort zone and changing things up all while not taking yourself too seriously or us either. Come laugh, get inspired and have fun. Thanks for listening.
1: Hey there, this is Nicole. I'm just popping on to say that this week's episode is a two-parter. So you're about to listen to part one of the interview with Joe Severson, our friend, who has his band Floored Faces and he's promoting his new album, Escapism Prism. So it was a really awesome interview. We had such a great time and we thought we'd just split it up because it was really, it was an hour long. So we are splitting it up we're going to attach a song from his new album at the end of this week's episode and also at the end of next week's episode. So it'll be an opportunity for you to hear his music. So we hope that you enjoy it. We loved talking to Joe and I hope that you enjoyed as much as we did. So we'll see ya. Today, Allie and I are talking to Joe Severson, a seasoned musician from bands such as Throw Me the Statue, The Final Spins and his solo act, Joseph Giant. Joe is currently fronting a new band, Floored Faces, with a brand new album out called *Escape Is as in Prism. Joe is also the owner of a construction company called Viking Construction. He's a family man, married with four kids. And uh, we wanted to chat with him about his musician life and his new album. You can buy, the, buy it and listen to it at uh, faces.bandcamp.com. Don't worry, I'll link it up in the show notes. You can follow them on social media at Floored Faces on Instagram and also on Floored Largest faces on Facebook. Welcome to the show, Joe.
2: Thanks for having me. It's awesome.
1: We're so first excited time. to have you. You are the first musician on the Meltdown City podcast, so which is like a dumb oversight on our part. <laughs> you, guys are
0: so you think screwed. we'd be crawling with them too? Because we're from Seattle and all. I right, know.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> our right. bad. Yeah, we other, felt other really how, lucky. Know?
2: Good luck. I wish you guys luck. You know, in the future after this, you
1: know, it's <laughs> 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 totally downhill from here. I think this is the the way to go to the the to rise up. It's yeah. That's okay. Right. Cool. All right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Joe. Thanks for joining Thanks. us. Thanks so, can for you tell me. us a little bit about how you got into making music?
2: Yeah. um... I guess like, uh, let's see. Well, I grew up in a house with my, my dad was a musician in the um, fifties and sixties and, uh, as a country musician. And so he was always playing. And, um, and my two older sisters played a lot of piano and stuff like that. And, uh, which I wasn't really into, but I got really uh, hooked on guitar when I was like 13 years old, I guess. Mm
1: -hmm. And, Mm -hmm.
2: uh, that's when I started, but when really what made me want to start making music was when I started writing songs
1: mm-hmm. and
2: like playing, playing with buddies. The first time I played with other people, really, you know, that's mm-hmm. when I. Really, wow, this is amazing. Um, because up to that point, I hadn't really done that. Um, up to that point, I'd been playing mainly in my room. So when I started, when I was thirteen. Um, I just got like a little crappy Stratocaster and an amp. And awesome. and at that time in my life, it was just like, that was everything. I would like come home from school and go straight into the, my room and play guitar until bedtime. <laughs> and then pretty much it was like every day like that. Mm-hmm. I drove my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much how I got into it. You know, at the very beginning.
1: Wow, that's cool! So that's you, awesome. You're brought in, up, but in it, uh, your th- clearly your dad had an influence on you.
2: Oh, for sure, yeah. And he was like, he's my dad's very old school, kind of like, um, like old, like kind of cowboy guy, kind of you know, like he's from the Midwest and um, he had this old Martin, which is a rad guitar. I didn't know that at the time. I just thought it was like old acoustic, you know. <laughs> it was hard as hell to play for me you know and um he was like if you want to learn you can learn on that and then I dropped it one day and he was like you're not playing that ever
1: again no.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um I did drop it actually but um no but then he was like very cool and was like let's get you your own guitar and um and that's kind of what set me off on it so yeah very cool. That's my long-winded answer to that question.
0: No worries, Sorry. I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, who, who, we want the full story. That's who, why you're yeah. here. Yeah. Okay.
1: All right. <clears throat> who else have, has been like an influence is um, on your life is, in terms of music? I guess me mu- What other music? Or oh musicians? yeah.
2: So you know, it's like you know some of these people that yeah. me. Um, yeah. Like what I was talking about. So in high school. Um, so I went to high school, with Jamie, as you guys know, and yeah. Nick.
1: Um, mm-hmm. And and <laughs> you should and say Nick, you say hi to Nick. Nick listens to the show. Hey, Nick.
0: Nick, what's <laughs> up? Nate?
2: You're awesome. I love Nick. Uh, yeah. So, like, when I, to backtrack a little bit, when I was playing by myself, you know, um, I was a freshman in high school or sophomore in high school, and I met those guys. And um, Jamie Thompson was like, dude. Let's jam, you know? And then, like, we jammed, and that was just pretty much it. We started doing that every day. Um, or almost every day, at least to me, I think we did it every day. Um, but that's kind of like what got me, you know? And then he was like, hey, check this music out, or, you know, introduce me to some music. And then I would introduce him to some music. And, you know, not all of it we liked, <laughs> some <laughs> of it. You know? um, but we had a lot of fun you know, jamming in his basement and stuff. And, um, and Nick jammed with us sometimes at my house. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a blast. But some people like that really influenced me, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. other friends that we had that pushed me to, you know, like, oh, you're playing shows. I don't want to play shows now. Or, oh, yeah. yeah. And so, and then also growing up, um, when I was really young, like I got really into punk rock and stuff like that, and you um, know, and underground music because I had an older brother, and he was pretty much into like the grunge scene, like you know, the early stuff. So I got introduced to that at an early age, luckily from him, because you know, if without the, I mean, it's it just all kind of like came together, really, you know. Yeah. And then like um, when we all met later on, mm-hmm. um, you know, that too, like you know everybody was into different bands at the time. Like Hazel yeah. was huge and,
1: Oh yeah. And,
2: you know, and, um, and more indie bands like unwound and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know? And then, so that influenced me and like the okay hotel was a huge influence on me. Rock handy, velvet Elvis. Oh my God. Um, the rocket, the rocket, um, so this, the rock dude, the rocket. So, Oh, uh, bomb shelter videos influenced me for sure. Um, I don't know if you guys remember that, but that was Ooh. on ASTW channel eleven Ooh. at like one a.m. This you, is you cool. Know, we had this like crappy little TV and I would stay up every Saturday night. I think it was Saturday or Friday until you know eleven and or one a.m. and watch it all night. But um I recently um join this facebook group and you, i'll send it to you guys but it's it's like old seattle and it's oh. amazing it's like old seattle like music flyers and memorabilia and stuff, and oh, stuff. That's cool. and some amazing flyers from like the okay hotel
1: and i and think i, I saw you post one of them the other day no. it was who was on, uh uh fuck.
2: is it seaweed what? yeah
1: it was seaweed and it was um helmet and oh
2: yeah cop shoot cop
0: yeah Uh uh-huh yeah Yeah. which was amazing you know yeah oh my god
2: it's just crazy like i don't know that whole i think that place was just like so influential on so many other people too you know and like i saw beck play there
1: Mm. i don't know
2: if you guys were at that show but like i saw beck Mm -mm. play his first show in seattle there where where okay hotel had a meltdown and like Chris Ballou kind of like <laughs> not meltdown, he was just like kind of out of his mind, I guess. But like, uh-huh. um, Chris Ballou from the presidency of the United States, oh, yeah, helped, helped him out for the rest of the show. And then it was just crazy, like stuff like that, you know. Um, saw yeah. Super Chunk there.
1: Oh, god, oh my god, and I think you got me into Super Chunk.
2: I saw Super Chunk on the Foolish tour there with. It was me and Jesse Lortz and your sister, I think, that was oh, there. I'm cool. Pretty sure, and um, I'm pretty sure she was there. And we went in to the backstage area because Polvo was opening up, and we stole a few beers. We were like 16, and then like the bouncer knows me because I was there all the time, and he's like, "Hey, <laughs> what the what the hell are you guys doing in here? Yeah. Get out of here!" You like, can, yeah. yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah but
0: Dude. that's so awesome yeah I remember um I went to I saw gas huffer there at the okay hotel and that was for sure the very first show I ever saw and it was yeah. a big deal to go from like Renton or Issaquah all the way downtown to Seattle you know oh yeah it's 16 Absolutely. and it was like a so much fun and you just felt so free and like out of your element and like scared shitless but so excited so yeah,
2: no, totally. And totally. Uh, like all of that, you know, like there's a level of like excitement about it because like Fallout Records was in the city. We take mm-hmm. trips there to get vinyl or, um, it's just the bands like Gas Huffer and Sage and,
1: oh, yeah, you know, all these
2: old school kind of no name bands now, but they were about the, you know, I mean, Gas Suffer is pretty legendary, but like Sage, not very many. People outside of this area, I think, know about that band, but um, yeah, it's, it was amazing. And Rock Candy too. Rock Candy was awesome. I mean, yeah, I, was, I
0: remember the Rock Candy too. Was that the one like kind of by that the um, under God, the street? Is it? yeah, the uh, ramp, the freeway uh-huh. ramp? Yeah,
2: yeah, down um, under there, right? Yeah, I think there's like a I don't know, or like maybe Hampton. not. Maybe I'm thinking there's like a Hampton in there now or something, like a hotel, <laughs> like a no. super just like. Gross hotel is there now, but yeah, uh, I mean, it was yeah, that was a good place. There's a lot of good good times there for sure.
1: Uh, so,
0: the so we got a chance, there. yeah, we got a chance to listen to Floored Faces, and we loved it. Thanks. So tell us a little bit about where you think that sound comes from.
2: Yeah, that. um So originally, when I started the Floored Faces, uh, originally I wanted to just kind of a fresh start from joseph giant stuff Mm -hmm. not in the sense of like um with joseph giant and other other bands i was in before that i kind of started to write more direct um kind of in 2000 and and like the early 2000s i wanted to kind of write more in a um narrative where kind of like dr seuss ish You know, like Uh in my mind, that's what I was thinking. Uh Um, Just kind of like words that rhyme, but also has a lot of meaning to me. You know what I mean? So, which was a challenge in my writing. Um, Uh So this project, I wanted to be a little bit more abstract. I didn't Uh want everybody to kind of understand the words. I wanted it to be more like painting with audio. You know what I mean? Uh Like like more abstract painting, Uh you know? Uh And so, um, I flew to LA, um, in July of 2018 and, uh, mainly because to house sit for my cousin who lives over Hi, Liz, if you're, she probably watched this, but, um, she lives over near, uh, Marina Del Rey. So oh yeah. I'm like, of course. Of course they'll get away for a week and house sit. And so, <laughs> um. So I flew down there and I flew down with a couple of guitars and some pedals and I found this amazing, just by, I just cold called, um, I mean, I know a few people up here with connections down there, like Joe, uh, Joe, my buddy, Joe Reineke, who owns, uh, Orbit Audio referred me to some studios down there to check out. And, uh, I. I so I was, like, shopping. It, was, it felt really weird to, like, shop for studios to go recording mm-hmm. in another city when you don't know anyone, and, um, I, I just lucked out and found this place called 64 Sound, which is, um, this amazing studio in Highland Park, and it's owned by, uh, Pierre de Reader, who is, like, um, he was in Rilo, uh, Rilo Kylie, he was, oh. a, he played with, mm-hmm. like, um, Jenny Lewis, you know, and all that stuff, and, um. He started this amazing studio, and it was in this place where Devo uh, recorded in, like, the late 70s. So it was already this, like, amazing... Wow. The, the place, like, looks just like a blank building from the outside, and you walk in, and it's literally, like, it's, like, stepping into, a like, the set of a Wes Anderson movie mm. full of every single kind of, like, cool, old guitar like they had like this old 70s like you know like the the print work like the cloth like uh-huh. um, yeah used to put on walls yeah it, I, i'll send you pictures of it it's i don't know to me it was just like it was perfect so mm-hmm. anyways i recorded an ep there and um and that's where the first the five bite ep came from oh and right I came back up to seattle And I needed some people to play with and I found, um, I just randomly, um, my wife became friends with someone from our kids' school and, um, and our kids are friends. And then Mm -hmm. I met their dad and their dad, they're like, you have to meet Eric, you have to meet Eric, you have to meet Eric. And we really hit it off. And so he came and jammed with us and, uh, and it, the rest with me and Colin. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm skipping Colin, but um, Colin English is a drummer that I played with um, in Final Spins.
1: Mm. And anyways,
2: hi Colin. Uh, Colin, <laughs> Colin and I had already been playing to that point um, with with Heather, who played in Joseph Giant, and she played one show with us. And then after that show, Colin and I found Eric and we all kind of hit it off. So our sound is more like once Eric came into the the room with us and we started playing, he had, he kind of brought this like heavier, deep, Mm bassy sound and, and the songs on the five by DP weren't like, um, really jiving with that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, so uh, like a couple of them were, but like, it was kind of like, Oh, part of it was like oh to me it was like oh shit well we can't really play that style with this we have to find the happy medium yeah so um so that's where we kind of just i just brought out the fuzz pedal and we just kind of cranked it up a little bit and put on some delay on some vocals and
1: yeah
2: and i got a little cre- it just got like more and more um like Organically crazy, <laughs> if that makes mm. sense. Like, yeah. like, and so when we recorded um, the first two EPs, so if we back up to like 2018, July of 2018. If I'm rambling, you guys can cut. Oh, no, it's off. okay.
1: Yeah, yeah go um, for it.
0: Uh, July of
2: 2018, when I recorded the five by EP, and then we played one show in September, and then after that, Eric came in and by. October, we had like a whole album worth of stuff already. So we went into Hall of Justice studio, which is Chris Wallow's studio from oh. uh, Death Cab.
1: Yep.
2: Over and it's, so, I mean, that place, that place is so, oh, that place is so insane. Like, so I just dropped my phone because it's so, oh. <laughs> so worked up about it. Um, but, that studio has like so much we talked about like influence i mean Uh all the albums that were made there you know nirvana made bleach there like tad recorded there you know i mean like skin jack and dino worked out of there for years and then phil eck worked there and um it's just like i can't even begin to describe what it felt like to record there because i was in like I don't know, like a piece of that. so legendary. Yeah, it was just like so. Yeah, that was that's how we kind of um, we just kind of uh, formed. Just like we wouldn't write, I wouldn't write song. I wouldn't bring songs to practice. We would just go in, and they would just kind of come out of us. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool.
1: That's awesome. Your so. sound, your sound, I absolutely love it. It's like driving and. Hard and but yet, sort of like there. I I hope this is not insulting, but like elements sometimes of a little surf rock, a little like yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. super cool. I I right. listened to it like four four times yesterday, and uh, and there were also there are moments where I was like kind of you kind of reminded me. I hope this is not an insult of <laughs> <laughs> Queens of the Stone Age for a minute, and yeah,
2: and that's not an influence or not a not an insult sorry <laughs>
1: okay good Whew. yeah uh, so anyway, super awesome um, you did No come- yeah
2: we wanted some surf in there we wanted it to be like we wanted it to be like kind of a northwesty sound with kind of a modern metal sound yeah. too mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's yeah and the tuning i learned recently too is like an open I play all in open. It's a completely different tuning than
1: I've used
2: in the past. So it's, it's more of like a slide style tuning. So it really, uh I really just wanted to challenge myself, you know, like creatively and push myself in kind of a different direction. So, yeah.
1: It's super exciting.
2: Thanks. I hope it comes out that way, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I, I was just, I mean, I was floored. Uh, It was was super great. I love the name of the band and I also love the name of the album. Thanks. Thanks. Great job. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the cover is super creepy. It reminded me. um, God, I've watched some crazy shows on (laughs) HBO and it kind of reminded me of that, but in a good way.
2: Yeah. That's uh, that's our drummer Colin's daughter with a mask on.
0: Oh, oh I was goodness. wondering.
2: It's actually quite yeah. endearing. And, and he cute. took the photo, yeah. And he was like, so we were like looking. There's a couple artists that we know that we work with. And he was just like, he, they kind of fell through because of this whole fucking crazy ass shit that's happening right now. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. You know? I mean, really, yeah. like when we recorded, we started recording this in mid-February.
1: Oh, so my that, God.
2: We wrapped a recording of this on like March 12th which is insane.
1: That wow. is was short. Turn. Yeah. Like
2: right before the lockdown. And then we send it off the mastering um, to our buddy Blake in uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan. Hey Blake. And uh, Blake Bickle at dynamic sound. I'm plugging him right now. Um, <laughs> awesome. But yeah. And then, so we do it all email and he sends it back. And Anyways. Yeah. The rest is the rest is now.
0: Do you think, Joe, that you that that means there's something special that you guys got? something special since you produced it so quickly.
2: Yeah, I mean, we've always kind of felt that way because, like, when we first um, when we first all three started playing together, it was just so effortless for mm-hmm. us to write songs. Like the first song <clears throat> we wrote together was a song uh, on on holiday. It's on the one hundred and one AP, and mm-hmm. we just like. We just did it in one, like 10 minutes or something like that. So wow. it was like, wow. it's really crazy. Like, And like I had booked some time, some studio time at Hall of Justice right as we started playing together. And I didn't know, you know, like maybe I was going to go there and work on stuff or maybe like by myself without the band. Like, you know what I mean? I had yeah. booked it so like, because I was just really in the mode at that time of like, I have to find. I was really searching, I guess, for like what the next sound that's going to make me like actually want to put out albums because I have four kids and run a business already. And like,
1: yeah,
2: I'm not going to just like see something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, no, like, I don't want to say how fast, but like,
1: you need something to draw you out and to, yeah, yeah,
0: for wow. sure. So, I mean, I think you found it.
2: I hope so. I hope so. I mean, we'll see. I mean, we, we, we still have like, we have like another 25 songs or something like that. Ready to go. And not we're 30. always like emailing stuff. Colin and I are cool. like nerds about drum machines and stuff, which is like totally, <laughs> totally not <laughs> like what this is like. But like, so like I'll like um, import drum machine uh, ideas on a drum machine and synths and stuff like totally mm-hmm. weird, you know, with like a surf guitar, and then he'll lay down moog. Like he played all the moog on this album, which is amazing. Which is kind of like that undercurrent synth uh-huh. sound. Um, that was all him. So it was really cool to see. Like that's what
1: that was. I didn't. I don't. Yeah. I don't think I could piece it together that that's that was in there. But I but I know what you're talking about now.
2: I feel so lucky to be playing with those guys, honestly, because he's—they're just, just like amazing musicians, and so it's like I'm able to um, explore my part in it a little bit more. You know what I mean? So it's, mm. it's just, yeah, it's it's rad. So, and they're they're dads too, so you know. Oh there's yeah. No, there's no, there's no like, hey, can we practice on that? You know saturday at two o'clock because no one can because we all have kids you know yeah oh god
0: yeah Yeah.
1: it's
2: a little different it's a little different when you're older doing this Mm
1: -hmm. yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so you've gone on tour with most of your bands what was it like what's it like performing like in front of an audience and and then also you can, this is the second part of that question, is do you, do you have plans to go on tour? I mean, that's a question mark. I guess. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Um, well, I guess, I don't know if anybody's going to be doing that right now. Um yeah. I mean, it's just so, you know, it's, mm. it's so insane right now. What yeah. What's happening. Um, mm. But what's it like to play in front of an audience?
1: I, yeah, I, yeah. Know, me, th-
2: it, yeah. Well, like, it used to be, for me, when I first start, started playing music, I'll never forget it because I played, my first show was with Marty. Yes, Marty Lund. Uh, Marty Lund and uh, and Doug. I don't know if you remember Doug. I do remember two, Doug. Yeah, in, Brink, in Brink, right? Our band, our high school band. Oh, oh cool. Yeah, and we played uh, Evergreen, uh, Parking Garage in Evergreen. And it was just like you know, there's probably, like, 30 people there, but it was just a blur, like, a complete, <laughs> like, holy sh- like, adrenaline rush, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I used to get really terrified. I, I would have terrible stage fright. I mean, yeah. and um, that's probably, like, I mean, I, I don't drink anymore, so I'm sober now.
1: That's um, awesome. Say, you
2: know, I'm sober from from uh alcohol. I still smoke weed, but um yeah. You know, um but alcohol helped with that, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, for sure. kind like, of like, you know, in a it, it, until it, you know, it, did, it didn't it just stopped working for me. Yeah.
1: You know? like, it helped until it didn't. So,
2: yeah. So um so I quit drinking in 2008. So it was, it's it's been a while, but um but what I'm getting at is like, with that, it's like, you know, when you're, um when you're kind of, you know, those, the, the alcohol helps you get through those like horrible stage frights and stuff. yeah But then it becomes a, kind of like, oh shit. Now I'm just like drinking just a drink. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so um once I stopped drinking and got out of treatment, because um, in 2008 I was in really bad shape um, and I flew across the country and checked into a treatment uh, facility for like 30 days and right after that. And this is when I was in throw me the statue and, you know, we we're like on secretly Canadian we had like a five day or five week tour planned and like mm-hmm. all this shit, yeah. you know, lined up. And so I got out of that and um, out of treatment and came home and I wasn't sure if I could even play live. Yeah. You know? And, um, and the first show was like at a brewery Oh shit! <laughs> so at like a place where they served like one of my favorite beers.
0: And, oh man. Uh,
2: and so like the whole time I'm driving up to Bellingham with the band, I'm like, I don't even know, like, can I do this? Can yeah. I fucking play? You know, can I, can play I sober, even play music? Yeah. Can I even, am I able to even play music? You know? And so luckily I was able to, and, Um, Just went on some amazing adventures with that band um, all over the country and multiple South by Southwest and stuff like that. Um, I think like for me now, it's more of like a spiritual thing, you know, like getting up there. And it's more of like, um, I'm not afraid to express myself in that way anymore. Like I used to, there's this kind of a wall. You yeah. know, and like, let's get through this show. And mm-hmm. no one really wants that in the audience or you, or it's just a miserable way to perform,
0: mm-hmm. you know, like
2: if you're that terrified to play. So now it's more like a embraced, like, um, it's just like a conversation, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. try to get up there and and not be like cocky because there's, a, there's that line, you know, between like, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know. I just try to like, each venue is a little different and I try to, I don't know, find my center point mm-hmm. and then, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. try to just like connect with as many people as possible and, and in mm-hmm. Seattle, it's weird because sometimes, you know, you'll try to bring that to the table and it's just like not happening. There's you know what I mean? There's a wall. Yeah. 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 And so, I've learned that, you know, with that, especially in like at the metal venues and stuff like that. there's, I mean, I mean, I shouldn't say that, but like, you know, but it's, you know, it's going to be different at like the clock out lounge as opposed to like highline or shows like that. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just try to have fun with it, I guess, you know?
1: That's cool that you've gotten, yeah. figured out how to not be afraid and, and just embrace it. We talk a lot about kind of facing our fears on the show. And um, the, and and I love that you're just really trying to just connect. I and mean, that's what all of us want to do anyway, I think, is yeah. just find a connection.
2: Yeah, of course. You know, I mean, some of the best shows I've played are, you know, where there's, you know, there's more of that like warmer vibe, you know, like where mm-hmm. you connect with the audience and there's, I don't know, like at the sunset or the tractor or places like that where we've played. But then, you know, I mean, I've played some amazing shows with that are like huge places too, where you can, you can feel that too, you know? So
1: mm-hmm.
2: just, um, yeah, it just depends, I guess.
0: That's amazing. Congratulations on your sobriety, by the way, from alcohol. It sounds like a huge, you know, um, part of your life that you had to get over. And, uh, you know, it's contributed to your authenticity now and your actual enjoyment of what you do up there, which I'm sure resonates with people.
2: Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of really cool um, sober musicians in Seattle that I I feel kind of like, there's kind of like a little bit of a unsaid thing, you know, between everybody where it's just like an undercurrent of like everybody pals, like knows each other, you know what I mean? Kinda yeah. Boom, wink or whatever.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> um, but so much of that industry is based, you know, I mean, it's like encourages you to like.
1: Just get fucked up. and Yeah. To just
2: kind of bury, bury stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, right. But, yeah, all good. I'm in my car, you know. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm, I'm getting serenity in my car right now.
0: <laughs> <sighs> oh, God. Oh, Jesus.
1: For tuning in today, please follow us on Instagram at Meltdown City Podcast or
0: on Facebook at Meltdown City Podcast. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Meltdown City Pod. Come check out our website, MeltdownCityPodcast.com, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on wherever you listen to our podcasts.
1: You can email us at MeltdownCityPodcast@gmail.com for any stories, suggestions, or comments, and we'll read them on the air. Thanks
0: for listening.